Ed Lindley's Tire Shop, located in Pallet Mound, North Carolina, covers mostly all automotive needs, including oil changes, brake jobs, and transmission services. Guarantee as lowest prices on selected tires and more. Open <laughs> 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 in business since 1994. Located on 429 East Highway 52 Bypass, Pilot Mountain, North Carolina, 27041. Ooh. Ed Lindley. Tire and automotive. <laughs> <laughs> What's their phone number? How do I call them? 336 368 On the real though, guys, I re- I highly recommend these guys. I bought an, um, all of my tires from them. I've chose them over the uh, biggest names over here in, in the county, and I've not had any problems with these guys the best prices best quality best service you can even imagine like yep, no I- bullshit go check these guys out <laughs> he said dead ass dead ass no you know it's crazy i've also out. i've also got tired from him too and um I, yep no problem you know they Quick last service time and to, yeah. i mean i'm talking about you're in and you're out i mean you 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 walk in you, you're greeted with a friendly friendly greeting and then you leave with a great handshake like it's it's great. Yep. So, uh, you guys go check them out. <laughs> tell them the broadcast. Yeah, tell them the broadcast hit you. All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of the episode, okay? Bye. We're back. Welcome, bros and brodets from the broadcast. <laughs> from our podcast room to yours. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> that's funny like we're in we're in our little own space but also the people listening they're like in their own little space like they're probably in their cars i wonder where they listen to the most i wonder if they're in their cars or if it's like do um, you think it's in the room and this is like is it on like you know what i, I think mean it would, i think most of them listen to us in their cars i want to say cars i want to say long road trips i want to say long road trips on the way to work or in the gym or in the gym, yeah. I don't know. But sometimes I want to listen to music, you know? So I'm like, mm, should I listen to... Because I listen to myself sometimes. Like, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, play, I'll play the podcast on there. Same, same. <laughs> I know sometimes I'll be heading out for a long journey, and then I'll just you know? slip on episode two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So Good old golden days. Let me tell you about this experience that I had this morning. So What happened? What happened? All right, so I'm going to work, you know? You know, I always listen to music, so I just plugged in my phone to... I started playing, like, some uh, hood music, you know? I was, you know, listening to some hood music on my way to work, and um, and then this one part, it's like, like the siren starts going off, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, I was like, I was like, I didn't think much of it, and I was go, I was driving for like a minute, like literally one minute, and then, and then it started getting louder, and then I look, I look in my rear mirror, and it's an actual siren, like it's an actual oh car behind me, and I was like, oh shit, so I felt really bad. I was like, dang, like I, I've been holding up this guy. So I like I, I pull over and then he uh it's like a it's like a truck like a it's like a truck but it's like for emergencies I, I don't really know it was, it was weird it looked like a dually uh-huh. it had like sirens and stuff it was close to my house and so he he stops at the stop sign and he goes left and I go right to go to work and up ahead where I was going um there was like a big line of cars apparently there was a wreck. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, so then there was like a couple other cars there. And then so I'm there for like 20, 25 minutes. The dually truck that was behind me originally, he ends up going like he ends up uh, pulling up. 
But I just thought, I just thought it was funny because like first. I accidentally thought, mistaked it for the song. I thought it was a song playing the siren. And then second, the dude, he literally went, he went the wrong way. Like, he went left instead of going right. Oh, like, my God. On the road. And I was just like, oh, what the? So, it was just like a little mess right there. But I just thought it was funny. And I mean, it looked like a fender bender kind of thing. So, I didn't. the wreck didn't look bad anyway. So No life injuries? No, no I don't threats. think so, no. Then, like, as I was like, finally, we we went around. And then there was like a cop pulling up. So, like. It, it looked like it was okay but you know i just thought it was funny i was like dude what the? i don't know i don't know that happens to me all the time yeah i'll be listening to a song or something and then you'll hear a siren and i'll be like oh shit i'm getting pulled over or something you know and then yeah nothing happens it's, it's the song so i see i thought it was that i thought it was just the music yeah nah, there's man. just one song um you know the song trampoline yeah well there's one verse in it and it says i think like the sky erupts and then in the in the song you hear like a and dude, for the longest time, when I heard that song, that that part would come on, or like when that part hit on, and I was like, "What's that noise?" It sounded like a crash, because it's like, like I don't know, you have to listen to it. And then um, I don't, I remember that part. You, it's I'm very faint, very mm-hmm. faint, and that's why I've, in my in reality, I'm like, "Oh shit!" And I'd be looking outside or something, like Did something just fall <laughs> or crash. Yeah, it's funny. It really be like that, man. It really is, man. All right, let's talk these about producers. <laughs> I know these producers. They really do, are they doing this on purpose? I think like, so. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's not, nothing really aggravates me more than Funk Flex, bro. <laughs> funk, funk Master Fe- Flex. <laughs> Drop a bomb on him. <laughs> this dude. This dude. All right. So we want to talk about today about Mars. You know, it's something that has been going on for a little while, and I don't think a lot of people are really talking about it. If you think about it, you no, know. I don't know. I don't really see anybody talk about, or at least the people that we know are. But not like even just on like the internet. I don't see a lot of people talking about it either. Like I guess because it's fairly new, and so I kind of just want to like talk about a little bit just to give give people insight. What's you know what's going on? I don't know everything about it, but I know a little bit. I have enough information where we can go ahead. Go ahead, tell the kids what's up. All right, kids, Um, put your broke ass seatbelts on. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, the first thing is. you know, to go to Mars, they're, they're, they need people to go, right? Right. And, you know, there's not a lot of people... You would think that there's not a lot of people that want to go because, like, who would want to go to Mars and live there for the rest of their lives when there's nothing over there? You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of... There's really nothing there, you know? You can't go to the movies. I, mean, there's, I don't think there's anything there right now, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just a big rock. <laughs> and now, now, now for, the, for the people who don't know, how far is Mars from the sun? Oof. It's far, bro. Okay, well, like it's a minute. I mean, it's about, a hot minute. <laughs> okay, in the solar system, when you got the planets in order, which which planet is Mars? Uh, the fourth one. Okay, the fourth planet. Yeah, because it's sun. Mercury, Venus, Earth, and then Mars. All right. So it it's farther than it. We're closer to the sun than Mars is. So I would assume that it's slightly colder there, right? Um, or yeah. probably a lot more colder it, than right. I'm sure it's a bit nippy. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure it's nippy there. <laughs> Whoever's going, take your take your blankie. I think like a toboggan, you know. Like. <laughs> Ladies, take your Uggs. <laughs> okay, anyway. All right. So, so selecting the crew here, there are multiple requirements to become a Mars One astronaut. You know, Mars One is actually the... Uh, That's the mission name? I get... Or it's the... It's like... I think it's like a... Uh, I would say it's a company, I guess. Or oh, okay. it's a organization. There we go. It's an organization uh, to establish a permanent human settlement on Mars. So let me go permanent back. keyword permanent this is stuff that's like okay we'll get yeah. more into that in yeah, a minute we'll, we'll, we'll get into it so 
Applicants' characteristics must fit with those of an astronaut, meaning the candidate needs to be resilient, adaptable, curious, trustworthy, and trusting, creative, and resource- resourceful, above the age of 18, A2 English level, and other physical requirements. There's a whole list of it, but I'll just, those are the, I guess, the main ones. Yeah. So there's four rounds to this selection process, uh, resulting in international crews of up to six groups of four. In round one, all candidates must submit an online application. The online application consists of general information about the applicant, a motivational letter, a resume, and one-minute video in which the applicant answers some given questions and explains why he or she should be among the first humans to set foot on Mars. That's a lot. I know. That's, that's a lot right that's, there. That's a, that's that, a big statement right I'm there. I'm not going to lie right there. I would probably just like, I would probably start filling out the application and then at that point I'd be like, all right, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me erase some things. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. At this stage, the potential candidates can submit their application in one of the 11 most used languages on the internet. English, Spanish, Portuguese, French, German, Russian, Arabic, Indonesian, Chinese, Mandarin, Japanese, and Korean. And if an applicant decides to make his or her profile public, the application video is available to be watched on communitymars1.com. At the end of the first selection round, a team of Mars One's experts will decide which applicant will pass to the next selection round. So out of all those people, they're going to start, you know... Six groups of four. Yeah. Well, not yet, but like eventually. It'll come down to that. Oh. But see, okay, I don't understand. What is, what is A2 English level? English level A2 is the second level English in the Common European Framework of Reference, a definition of different language levels written by the Council of Europe. Uh, it might, this level might be described as basic, as in I speak basic English. So it's like basic English. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's like. Because are, are you thinking like old English? Because <laughs> that would be crazy. You know. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? No. Because then that would like, that would like influence those people later on. Like in Mars, if they were talking like that, because then, right. you know, and then there would be like a whole different world of it. That, okay. It would. It really would. Yeah, well, I mean, really. it's already going to be a whole different world. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <think> about it. <laughs> so round two, Mars one then narrows the remaining applicants down to round two candidates. These individuals need to provide a medical statement from their own physician stating that they have met all the defined requirements. Mars one's criteria for medical fitness are similar to those of NASA. The remaining individuals will subsequently receive materials to study for general knowledge questions. Master One's chief medical officer, Norbert, Norbert, or <laughs> Norbert Kraft. Norbert. <laughs> God dang it, Norbert, did you move my seat? <laughs> you move my spaceship, Norbert. <laughs> did you move my spaceship seat, boy? <laughs> okay, este, este Norbert. I mean, Norbert <laughs> interviews the members of this group individually about the knowledge questions and about their motivation to become part of this life-changing mission. The interviews are brief because it does not require a lot of time to determine which candidate is not suitable to fly to Mars. Therefore, the following selection rounds will be focused on determining who has what it takes to settle on Mars. The remaining candidates will have shown that they are healthy, smart, and dedicated. So then it goes to round three. The round, third round is an international selection round. The 100 candidates who make it into this third selection round will participate in indoor and outdoor group challenges to test their ability to work in a team within limited conditions, interdependency, trust, their problem-solving and creative skills, their thoroughness and precision, and their clarity and relevance of communication. 
The candidate's knowledge of an advanced provided study materials is essential to progress in these challenges. Candidates are eliminated based on their behavior, both inside and outside the group challenges. So they're just, they're constantly just, they're yeah, trying to, you know, they're trying to perfect that pretty much. Let's elaborate round two and round three a little bit when you get done with three. Okay. Well, that's it. That's round three. Oh, okay. So like basically, basically number two is saying like, you got to be with the shits, bro. Pretty much. Like, like, you got to re- re- meet, meet all the requirements and stuff like, so what do you, what exactly, I wonder what. So they do like a physical. Yeah. And I wonder what, what is required. Like what, what are you going to, what is it going to take to meet? Like what, what it sounds like to me is mm-hmm. that they're going to pick like the best or the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you've seen those movies where they pick, there's like a bunch of people and they pick this guy's got the high, this guy's got the best genes. So we'll just to use him because his blood level or his like DNA and everything. So that's what it sounds like to me a little bit around two is about. Same for round three. I mean, that's yeah. Well, the, the, that's mainly three. Uh, well, three is more creative skills. Like they they actually start digging deep into the, the right. human brain. Like really, like how these people work inside and outside of groups. Um, that's really what it is. And then you know it calculates like certain things like creative skills, precision, clarity, relevance of communication. All these factors pretty much are taken into consideration. Pretty much. Oh, uh, pretty much they're gonna choose the best of the best. So pretty much. In other words, sorry Marvin, <laughs> you're not going to Mars, bro. <laughs> There's a lot of people that probably won't make it to Mars. Yeah. So okay, round four. Now, when it comes to round four, there's only forty remaining candidates. Out of a hundred. Out of a hundred now. So they so sixty's sixty's gone. They eliminated sixty percent. Do you think these people can go retry again? Um, probably not. You I don't think, think so? so. I don't think so. But I mean, you know. They might. Maybe it depends on, like, if they're really close to, like, being there. They might give... I don't know. I don't know how that works. But who knows? That's a good question, though, because, you know, because they're going to constantly... Yeah, it's like taking a driving test. You fail. You know, you go back again and you try again. I mean... Except this time they're driving to Mars, so... Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right. So, the results of the isolation challenge will reduce the 40 candidates down to 30 who will then undergo the Mars settler suitability interview. From the first selection series, up to six groups of four will become full-time employees of Mars One, after which they will start training for the mission. Whole teams and individuals might be selected out during the training if they prove unsuitable for the mission. So even once you're already that close to, to, be to being there, or even if you're already in it, they can still you can still get picked out. Yeah. If your behavior or whatever it is, they ain't liking it, boom, get the fuck out. Get off my planet, basically <laughs> what they're yeah. going to say. Dude, that's crazy, man. Like, that's crazy. <clears throat> now, what do you think? Would you would you do this? Is this something that you're interested in doing? Maybe. Oof. Um, me personally, I mean, that's a really big question, man. Cause like, I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of being able to like being one of the first people to do something pretty awesome like that. Like yeah. being able to explore some somewhere new. Like literally, like if, like I was telling you earlier, it's like it feels like a video game. Like it it does feel cool. It feels thrilling very adventurous very uh adrenaline like you know yeah but i don't know i mean I, I have family here and and like i don't know i you know i don't know because you know i know I, it didn't really um well let's continue reading on to this this let's, topic yeah, because there's more there's more there's more taps to I, it, I think so. after, after i think after we'll talk about it after all right after so after selection comes training right after, yeah after, well before that even um after selection, though, they, they, they talk about future career expansion. So, a new group of four astronauts will land on Mars every 26 months, steadily increasing the settlement size. Eventually, a living unit will be built from local materials large enough to grow trees. 
As more astronauts arrive, the creativity applied to settlement expansion will certainly give away will give way to ideas and innovation that cannot be conceived now. But it can be expected that the human spirit will continue to persevere and even thrive in this challenging environment. So every 26 months, they're going to start sending a group of uh, four astronauts and slowly making this place, well, making Mars bigger. And then yeah. eventually they'll be able to grow trees and all that good stuff. That's so, pretty cool. Did it, uh, did it say the first? So how many people are going first? Four. Just four, right? Six groups of four, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. A four rounds resulting in, in okay. That's a lot of information International here. crews up to six, four, six groups of four. That's a lot. I would hate to be with the first ones, to be honest with you. Like, I the mean, first crew, bro, you know, you're that's 26 months. That's like um, that's like two years. Two that's, years and two months? It, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of time by yourself. Not only just that, four people. since you're the first one, there's there, there could be a lot more things going wrong because nobody, yeah. like, you've never done it before. So it's like, it's a, it's a lot more work. But, but, but man, you still get that title of being like, yeah. I'm the first person on Mars, dude. You know? So, like, I'd rather be the first person that tried and got disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, training Mars One's teams of prospective Mars inhabitants will be prepared for the mission by participating full time in an extensive training program. This will be their full time paid job. So, they're getting paid. The training is split up, money. <laughs> the training is split up into three programs technical training, personal training, and group training. So a little mm -hmm. bit about each. So technical training, uh, the astronauts will be required to learn many new skills and gain proficiency in a wide variety of disciplines. At least two astronauts must be proficient in the use and repair of all equipment in order to be able to, to identify and solve technical problems. At least two astronauts will receive extensive medical training in order to be able to treat minor and critical health problems, including first aid and the use of medical equipment that will accompany them to Mars. At least one person will train in studies on Mars geology, while another will gain expertise in ex exobiology, the biology of alien life. Other specialties like physiotherapy, psychology, and electronics will be shared among the four astronauts in each of the initial groups. Mars One will ensure that in each group, at least two crew members will be trained in each essential skill set in case a member becomes ill. Their training and preparations will take place between their admittance to the program and the start of their journey to mars as the population on mars increases each new arrival will be able to bring with him or her an area of expertise in time this would reduce astronaut training time and requirements so that's pretty cool yeah personal training the ability of astronauts to cope with a difficult living environment on mars will be an important selection criteria for example an astronaut's mobility will be restricted for a long period of time and they will no longer be able to speak to friends and family on earth face to face they will be able to receive psychological assistance from Earth if they wish via long-range communications. Their astronauts will initially be chosen for their inherent ability to cope with these situations and will receive training on how to deal with them most effectively. That's crazy. That's, that's, that's a big problem right there. That right there is exactly what a lot of people will be afraid of to go is is, is to deal with that, you know. Without that face-to-face. -face. Yeah, without that face-to-face, -face, like... I don't know. It's just, well, but, but there are some people out here that a lot rather of people look for that. A lot of, most people, most people like like physical communication, but a lot of people are very like out by themselves. Like they don't necessarily need to be with like. But see, I think that right there, that's true. But I think that's a big problem because that wouldn't that might interfere with the with with living with other people too. So you you know you. It, 
Well, well, well that's why they're, they're they're selecting the the best people that yeah. they can work with. Because you can't or, have somebody that's like, oh, that's okay. I don't really care to talk to people. But then he gets there, and then he's not a team player. That's the worst <laughs> thing you need, bro. You need a team player on that job, right, on so, this mission. And it goes now it goes down to group training, you know, team player. Yep. Group training will take place in the form of simulation missions. A simulation mission is an extensive, fully immersive exercise that prepares the astronauts for the real mission to Mars. The simulated environment will invoke as many of the Mars conditions as possible. Immediately after selection, the groups will participate in these simulations for a few months per year. During simulations, astronauts will only be able to leave the base when wearing their Mars suits. They will have to take care of their water supply and keep the life support systems up and running. They must also cultivate their own food, and all communications with the outside world will be artificially delayed by 20 minutes. So they're going to be living. Oh, damn! Crazy. So, so we're going to be living uh, 20 minutes ahead of them. Well, the communications is delayed. I mean, we're living. Oh, wait, wait, this, yeah, we're living right, in the same right. time. Yeah, but so like, you know, this is really this is really mind blowing, dude. I know. There will be several simulation bases, some easy to access for early stage, while others will be located in a harsh environments on earth providing realistic desert terrain and drastically cold conditions these trial trials will just demonstrate whether they are suitable for all elements of the task ahead can the astronauts keep the group functioning will they keep a cool head when confronted with a challenge can they effectively and efficiently solve given and uprising problems find out next time on dragon ball z <laughs> will they list will they be able to listen to the broadcast <laughs> see I, I was about to ask ask this right here I'm sure that they're going to have some type of simulations yeah. before going because right. there's no way you're just going to throw the people in there. Just like, pop up. Yeah. No. You know, I, I, would be, I would be down for that. And the simulations? That, yeah, I would be down to do the simulations. But as far as the other thing, I don't know, man. It's kind of crazy. It's just, this is really interesting. Like, I don't know. I mean, does it even say when? I don't see anything right here saying when they plan on doing this. And I don't see nothing either, but. Um, it's in the works. It's in the works for sure. Like, I mean, it's. I feel like it's definitely going to happen. All right, so now the journey to Mars. The flight will take between seven to eight months, depending upon the relative positions of the Earth and Mars. The astronauts will spend those seven months together in a very small space, much smaller than the home base at the settlement on Mars. This will not be easy. Showering with water will not be an option. And again, this is the journey. So, yeah. So, so showering with water will not be an option. Instead, the astronauts make do with wet wipes as used by astronauts on the International Space Station. Freeze-dried and canned food is the only option. There will be constant noise from the ventilators, computers, and life support systems, and a regimented routine of three hours of daily exercise in order to maintain muscle mass. Dang, dude, they got to... They got to exercise for three hours. That's crazy. But then again, you're on a you're in a spaceship in the middle of space. So, so they don't get nothing. It's yeah. not like... That's actually, three hours yeah. is really nothing, dude. I yeah. mean, damn... If the astronauts are hit by a solar storm, they must take refuge in the even smaller shelter area of the rocket, which provides the best protection for up to several days. The journey will be arduous, present each of them to the very limits of their training and personal capacity. However, the astronauts will endure this, will endure it because this will be the flight carrying them to their dream. Whoa, that's crazy. Because think about it, like, they're like, they're like soldiers, right? But they have no, I mean, they but they don't have guns oh, but they're soldiers like they're they they're training to fight for, for whatever happens it's only for, for their whatever own life happens. but they're not fighting a, they're not fighting an enemy they're only fighting elements right now you know what i'm saying like this is weird it's weird ain't holy it holy shit all right all let's right. go on to life on mars and last but not least life on mars 
So once they arrive on Mars, the astronauts will begin making use of their relatively spacious living units. So these these uh, units are a little bit bigger than were than the spaceship were there. So yeah. you know they're gonna feel a little bit better. They're like, oh, okay, we got a little bit more space now. Uh, it, I mean, after seven to eight months in the in a in just floating in the air in the space, like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no. And then when you're gonna land, all right, let's continue. Imagine landing. Imagine like finally getting there. That's like, what I'm saying. You know, like when you're, you're at the gonna, end, when you're at the end of the road trip, you're like. Like, you know how to, like, over yeah. there, over there, and then you're there, and it feels good. You're like, hell what yeah. What if some dumbass is like, yes, fresh air, and he takes off his helmet, and he's just dead. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I don't think they're going to do that. They're going to be they're gonna be very special trained. All right. So, within the settlement are inflatable components, which contain bedrooms, working areas, a living room, and a plant production unit where they will grow greenery. They will also be able to shower as normal, prepare fresh food that they themselves grew and harvested in the kitchen. Wear regular clothes and, in essence, lead typical day-to-day lives. If the astronauts leave the settlement, they have to wear a Mars suit. However, all living spaces are connected by passageways in order for the astronauts to move freely from one end of the settlement to the other. So it's like they're going to be like little tunnels. I'm assuming. Yeah. You know, so it's like this. Yeah. So it's it's, it's going to be all. I think it'll be pretty cool. Uh, all right. Where was that? As the rovers have done much of the heavy construction prior to their arrival. It will not take the astronauts a long time to find out to find routine in their new life, moving into carrying moving into carrying out valuable construction works and research. Oh, okay. So the ro- the rovers are going to get there before they do. Yeah, and they're going to. I go- think it said that the um, all supplies will be sent three years, two or three years before the humans do. Oh, okay. So things are going to already be construction. Or yeah, the rovers are going to be. Yeah, they're going to be doing the heavy work. All right. So construction and research. Several new components will be delivered to Mars while the first group of four astronauts are settled. In preparation of the arrival of the second group of four astronauts, the components will include a second living unit and a second life support unit. With use of the rovers, the astronauts will connect these units to the main base. When this task has been performed, the first crew has prepared the settlement for the arrival of additional astronauts. And in the meantime, the astronauts will enjoy more room for themselves and extra safety as the duplicate living environments provide backup life support systems. That's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. So, like, the second group coming coming down, they're like, you know, they they threw a welcome surprise party. They're like, welcome. (laughs) And then they get more space now. Okay, so when the second crew of astronauts lands, the first crew will already have applied technology and physical labor to the construction of additional living and working spaces using local materials. Mars One is working on concepts such as the inclusion of tunnels and domes made from compressed Martian soil, which may be able to hold a breathable atmosphere for the astronauts to live in. in. There will be a great deal of research conducted on Mars. The astronauts will research how their bodies respond and change when living in a 38% gravitational field, and how food crops and other plants grow in hydroponic plant production units. Research will include extra settlement exploration to learn about the ancient and current geology on Mars. Of course, much research will be dedicated to determine if life was once present or currently exists on Mars. So there's no telling exactly what's on this planet. I mean, they have an idea, but once they get there, I mean, they'll they'll know what's up. There's like giant lizards. That'd be crazy. I, I mean, can I, see that, bro. I can see it happening. I, I, can, see, I, can, I can see the lizards, yeah. Because, like, you know how lizards live here in the deserts and, mm-hmm. like, we're in places where they don't need a lot of water and all that? All right. <clears throat> Last but not least, the report from, the reports from Mars. The astronauts will not only submit r- routine reports, but will also share all that they enjoy and find challenging. It will give the people on Earth a unique and personal insight view of life on Mars. They could answer intriguing questions like, what is it like to walk on Mars? 
How do you feel about your fellow astronauts after a year? What is it like living in the reduced Mars gravity? What is your favorite food? Do you enjoy the sunsets on Mars? <laughs> and I know we talked about the sunsets. Like, dude, imagine just chilling and you're just like looking up at the sunset. You're in, you're in Mars. Yeah. You're looking at the sunset. I mean, you know, not a bad day. <laughs> well, see, now I'm looking at some of these pictures and... Okay. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's just like deceiving because it shows the pods, what it could look like. So I'm, I'm sure these are all just, you know, CGI, but uh, it's like desert pods that you sleep in and then blue skies in clouds. Dude. Okay. I'm going to call BS on that because <laughs> there ain't no way there's going to be blue skies there. Is there blue skies? No, because the blue, the sky's only blue for, for what reason? Our sky's blue because the reflect of the of the ocean, right? Yeah, I thought it wasn't technically blue. Like it looks blue to our eyes, but it's it's not. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna call. I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna work. What if like what if there is no? I mean, we have we've seen pictures from the Mars rover, right? Oh uh, yeah. So I mean, and it doesn't show. Oh no, blue I think skies. then it, it they stopped using it. Did they? Or either is they stopped using it or it, it messed up? But like, it, it's not there anymore. Where the hell is, is it, it at? Like, I don't know. Look it up. It done blew up. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, yeah, because it's been out there for a minute, dude. That's crazy that they even send it in the first place. I you know. think about it. Um, there's some frequently asked questions, and we I won't go through all of them, but this one, definitely we got to talk about. What governmental system and social structure will be implemented on Mars? See, that's a good question. Because that's what everyone's going to be looking for. Because, you know, I mean, it's already tough here in the world, in Earth, where it's like there's different government systems, like there's communism. Okay. Well, you know, there's see, democracy. Uh, now I see Now I see where this is kind of headed to, I think. I think this may all, and it's conspiracy. This one, this one I'm about to say is conspiracy. <laughs> Everyone knows this part. But uh, of the one world government. Uh-huh. So maybe this journey won't take effect until that happens. Because, I mean, apparently, like, this is going to happen. The one world government will happen. Eventually, it's going to happen. So, maybe this won't take effect until that day happens. Because there's no way you're going to have... Because it's an international journey, right? Mm-hmm. You you have all these people, they're, they're going, like, they're from all over the world. They're mm-hmm. applying for this. So, they're not going to want... You're gonna, you can't have somebody from Korea or Russia follow the, a government from, uh, like, America. You know, they're not going to want to do that. Well, okay. Well, this answers the question. Oh, shit. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just letting you go. go oh, off. my bad. All right, so the astronauts will be facing the task of determining how to organize themselves politically in order to ensure fair and reasonable decision-making processes. During the preparation program, they will expand their knowledge on different forms of social organization on Earth and how cultures vary in terms of determining issues of social structure. For example, social hierarchy, distribution of power, approaches to decision-making, kinship structure and managing management of resources early on because the settlement will be very small it is likely that most decisions will be collective and require unanimity as the community no (laughs) as the community grows it will become necessary to develop more complex systems for managing conflict and maintaining effective ways to make decisions mars one will provide training and a database of knowledge about human social organization to assist in that process as the settlement grows so they kind of have an idea of it, but what it, it it's pretty much is they're just researching all the ones here to see what would be the best fit over there as it gets bigger. Yeah, pretty much. I don't think it, I don't think that's gonna work. I just think when you have too many people 
that that have lived a different lifestyle and then they all try to like cope it's gonna be very very difficult uh let's see here oh there's one how safe is the journey the trip to mars cannot be called risk-free like any venture in any means of travel, there are always things that could go wrong. You could run into Thanos. In the case of Mars One, <laughs> the following risks are conceivable. Accidents during launch, vital components could malfunction during the journey there, a number of issues might present themselves when entering Mars' atmosphere, there could be problems when landing. Um, I mean, it's there's a lot of things. Although, traveling to Mars will evidently bring risks. If you were to compare our mission to the first moon mission in 1969, it quickly becomes apparent that this mission is much safer. At the time of Apollo 11, there was a great deal of pressure to rush proceedings and was therefore never properly tested. For example, the lunar lander hadn't even been tested once. So it's like, I guess that makes sense. Like if people, like if, if people can make, make it to the moon back in the day with like not much technology that we have now, then yeah. I'm pretty sure we can make it to Mars with a lot more technology and more prepared. Because at Apollo 11, they pretty much said it. They didn't even test it. They, were they just hopped like, up in it and was gone. Well, it's because, you it know. Was a, it was a race. Yeah, it was a race. But, like, I don't know, man. That's my new motto for today. I don't know, man. <laughs> this is really, 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 very, really, really, really interesting because we don't know. We don't know what, I mean, people don't, it depends if you really believe in, like, aliens and stuff. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you can, we can talk about that. Like, do you believe in aliens? Are there going to be aliens in Mars? Are you going to, seven month journey, are you going to come across a spaceship? I doubt it. But, there's still other hazards out there like meteors or fucking i mean debris Whoa. you never know what you're going to run into what how are they going to defend stuff like that so i mean i know they say that they're going to they're going to take shelter in the uh in the rocket or something yeah. right mm-hmm. but like it's i mean very like risky man i mean it's it's going to be risky like any trip but they feel like it's more safer than, now uh, than now you know so i mean things could go wrong so i mean let's hope it doesn't but you know so you know another one that i was looking at is like the mars one's mission budget like what their budget is um mars one's estimate the cost of bringing the first four people to mars at six billion u.s dollars what (laughs) this is the cost of all the hardware combined plus the operational expenditures plus margins for every next manned mission including hardware and operations mars estimates the cost at four billion so hopefully after this, the second one will probably be like four billion, so a little bit cheaper. And then hopefully after that, it'll probably be a little bit cheaper because they already have most stuff there anyways. Yeah. So they don't have to. Do you think they? Do you think is so? This is this is going to be based out of America. Well, they this... they give they they put it in U.S. dollars, but I don't know where they're going to be coming out of. It doesn't. I, I wouldn't because kind of... I would I would be like, hold up, you know, this is an international type of deal. Let's all pitch in. You know, I'm sure they all are. It's I don't all pitching some money to just, do this. I think they are. I don't think it's. I think that's just what they the budget estimated. That they have. Yeah, but for our, our understanding, probably. Yeah, because like all they got to do is just whatever the money that everybody else puts in, they just put it into used dollars. I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, or maybe I don't know. To be honest. Well, I don't know. I don't think that's possible because like our currency is not the most expensive current. You know what I'm saying? Like there's. I think it's. Well, I don't think it's. I think it's the same. Like I think it's what if what if they're using it in a different currency. To our understanding, they're just going to put it in a dollar. Six yeah. 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 So I, I think that's what they're doing. Got you. Got you. Um, I mean, there's a lot more stuff to talk about, man. I mean, another little question here is, can the astronauts have children on Mars? That's another question I was going to ask you. I didn't really look into it, but what does it say? Mars One will advise the first settlement inhabitants not to attempt to have children because, well, I like how it says not to attempt. So they're pretty much saying like, you can conceive, not conceive, but you can 
do the monkey monkey. You can do the monkey. You can do the monkey funky monkey. monkey. <laughs> you can funky monk all you want, but just yeah. It says work on that pullout game. So. In the first years, the Mar- <laughs> in the first years, Mars settlement is not a suitable place for children to live. The medical facilities will be limited, and the group is too small. The human ability to conceive and reduce gravity is not known. Neither is there enough research on whether a fetus can grow normally under these circumstances. So it's like that's kind of true. Like. I, I, as of right now, you know, they're not trying to have all of that. Because I guess yeah. it's just, I mean, there's really no point in having a kid there because, like, they're trying to survive. They're trying to, like, make it work, you know? But imagine the first baby that does is born on Mars. It's going to be a Martian. Yeah. It's a Martian. Technically. What are we? Human beings? We're no, still we're, Earthlings. We're Earthlings. Yeah, we'll but be we Earthlings. Never, we never say it because there's not other worlds right now. But, like, technically we are Earthlings, yeah. right? We're an Earthling. Are you an Earthling? I'm an Earthling. I'm an Earthling. <laughs> this guy. Y'all couldn't see that. I saw that. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know. If, I don't know if I would even try to attempt to have a baby on Mars. It's like. Oh, no. Yeah. It would be very, very difficult. I mean, let alone you, you're still got seven months or eight months in a spaceship on a journey. Mm-hmm. So what's to say that people won't get curious there? And. Uh, Nah, I, it's not, I don't think it would be a great idea to have babies on I don't Mars. think so. Yet. I mean, they're not just gonna, yet. Well, I don't think they're going to do it. I think I think the people that are going to go, they're going to be very professional about it. Yeah. They're going to try their best to like not mess up in and any you way. And know, you know, who's to say that the ones that first might go might be incapable of having babies, you know? Some some guys, uh, they get like vasectomies and, they, you know, that that eliminates that option and women do too. Yeah. Women, there's like procedures and stuff. So, but maybe in the criteria, maybe they want people like maybe, later down the road, you know, because you never know, like in the criteria, because there's a whole list of it. It could be that they want some people can still have kids because maybe one day those people can produce, reproduce like later on in the future when yeah. years to come. I don't know. Who knows, man? There's like all this is still very new, which is why you know, I wanted to talk about it because you know, right now, like we don't have all the answers to everything. And neither do they, but I mean, it's a start. Hopefully one day, uh, it can happen. And, uh, and you know, so now our, our thoughts about it, I think that we, I think that we are going to go to Mars. Like, I feel like it is going to happen. I don't know if it's a good idea, man. It's very, very <laughs> scary in a way. Like, yeah. well, I mean, is it scary, but are you scared for the people that are going or you just, you just don't <clears throat> want, you think that we well, should just stay on earth and that's it. I don't see the point to be honest with you. Oh, well, see, there was a question on it. Let's see that question. Um, I don't see. I don't really see the <laughs> like point. Every, every question, every every question that you ask, it's on here. <laughs> because what I don't understand is that there's no vegetation life on on Mars, as we know. Mm-hmm. So what what perp, what's the purpose of going? I mean, basically, we're just gonna why what? Well, they, why would they we? Can, they can make like yeah, we're gonna make you know you're gonna yeah. do the hydroponics and stuff. I understand, but like, but what's the purpose of that? Like. I mean, I know the purpose of it, but I don't know how to explain it in the words. What I'm trying to say here is, I just don't see the reason into leaving Mars, into leaving Earth in, in general. It says there are a number of reasons to travel to Mars, but um, the first question they replied it with another question was, why did Columbus travel west? Uh, why did Marco Polo head east? But these things are all. This is contradicting because it's like we're still on Earth at yeah, that time. But at, at the this time, point, but at the time they didn't know, like. There was more land. There was like, to them, it felt like a new world, really. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of like this, but it's just in a little bigger scale. Like, the huger scale, bro. Like, you're talking about, we're talking about, like, you know, (laughs) we're going outer space now. This is a little different than Columbus, you know, on a boat. Um, I think 
here the first is the realization of an amazing dream. Sending a manned mission to Mars is a fantastic adventure. Imagining living on another planet, millions of miles from Earth, look up, looking up into the sky with the knowledge that one of the stars is actually the planet you were born on. Who can even envision the incredible feeling of being the first human in history to step out of the capsule and leave your footprint on the surface of Mars? By this, we implore you to not just think of that feeling for the astronaut, but the experience for all those watching back home. Those who observed Neil Armstrong land on the moon all those years ago still remember every detail. Where they were, who they were with, and how they felt. The moment the first astronauts land on Mars will be our moment to remember. Which is true. Like, we weren't born to see Neil Armstrong. But we might be able to be born to see... Whatever his whatever their names are, yeah, Bob, <laughs> Bob. I just don't know, man. I don't Can you think... imagine Bob from Mars, <laughs> Julio. What are you doing on Mars, <laughs> dude? Where is oh, we didn't even say like? Wait, where is Julio? <laughs> For those of you who know, Julio's not in this podcast today. He's absent. So, but uh, and then the other one is uh, good old fashioned curiosity. Third is progress. You could say that sending people to Mars is the next giant leap for mankind. This mission will jumpstart massive developments in all kinds of areas. A few examples being in recycling, solar energy, food production, and the advancement of medical technology. Couple, but you know. But let's remind everybody that this is a one-way trip. Yeah. There is no returning. Oh, no. So that's why I'm like, wait, hold on. Back up. Wait, hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is not, this isn't, this doesn't look right. It's just very, 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 very skeptical to me. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things ha- happening. But oh, if you are interested in going, and you're brave enough, kudos to you, bro. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I think it's... Ooh, this is a good one. Will f- psychological issues become a problem for the astronauts? Yes, dude, I was literally thinking that. Because, <laughs> dude, can you imagine four people, and you're alone for two years. You're going to go crazy, dude. You're really going to go crazy to an extent to where you could even murder everybody. Well, I mean, they're gonna have their training you know, for them to not to go through that, you know. Yeah, but yeah, they're still training for military soldiers not to go through that, and too. And when they get back, they get PTSD. So, are I they mean, though? Do they train them as hard as the, the, like? Will they train like? Are they training them as hard as these people? I think so because these people are going to fight, fight. Like when you're talking about training for, well, I don't know. I don't. I, just, I don't know because I don't know, I don't know how the training is for Mars. For 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 this, I feel like it'll be more advanced than it was for like when they were training people in World War Two. Because I I feel like they were just recruiting eighteen year olds, giving them throwing them out there with a gun, and you know. Yeah, but now now it's kind of different. But those are the people that you're seeing are the people that were back then. You're you're not talking about like recent wars. Yo, yo, I'm talking about like since 2001. You know, I'm talking about since Afghanistan. But are these people? Are what's is it higher? Is it higher? What for like, PTSD and stuff? Yeah, like people having. Ah, uh, I think or is it's. Or is it for older people? Older people. No, from I think older it's. The, wars? I think it's the same. I think it's higher. I don't know. We well, can I don't look know. It like, up. there's a lot of mental, like, uh, what's it called? A lot of. There's a lot of mental going on in the past. Me- mental health issues. Yeah, in like the past twenty years, like. So I mean, I don't, it hasn't got any better. Okay, so here's the answer to that. The key to successful survival on Mars is a very careful selection procedure. There are many people who would not be suitable for a Mars mission, especially for settlement in the first few years, when the colony is still small. However, not everyone is alike. It says, Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, and bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. Legend has that South Pole explorer Ernest Shackleton placed this ad in a newspaper looking for men to accompany him on his next expedition in the early 1900s. Not everyone who reads this would have applied for a position on the team, but the response, of, the response was overwhelming. 
Mars One will carefully select the crew for a number of skills and qualities. They will be people who have dreamt their whole life of going to Mars and in many cases will have pursued careers that increase the odds of being selected for this kind of mission. The selected team will be very smart, skilled, mentally stable, and very healthy. They will go to Mars to live their dream. On Mars, they will be busy. They will improve the habitat and extend it with new units sent from Earth and with local materials. They will do research, their own research, plus the gathering of data for the research of others. And they will prepare the settlement for the second crew that lands two years later. So, I, you know, I, I mean, it kind of just gives in an idea. But I think it's like these people, they're going to be very smart. They're going to be very skilled, very healthy. So that's already a good sign. But another thing, too, is that they're going to be they're going to be busy though a lot, a lot a lot of the time. They're not really going to have a lot of time to just like kick back and watch Netflix, you know? Yeah. So I feel like I feel like it would be it would be crazy. It would be psychological issues if like they had nothing to do and if yeah. they were just bored. Cuz they were then they're going to sit around and think too much in their heads. But I feel like if they got things to do, they don't have enough time to worry like start overthinking about things going on. So it's like I feel like it, I don't I don't I don't think well, it'd be as there's a lot of things that can happen within this time though. You gotta understand like what if communication gets cut off and they feel alone and then they feel like they could feel like, Oh shit, we're doing all this for nothing and then they can go crazy or what if communication well, backups, doesn't though. get well what I'm it's well, big it's always a big what if too, so <laughs> you know uh, if it happened like that would be bad or that would be horrible. Um or cut you know, none of that none of that happens but they still feel like this is useless. I, mean, I feel like it would be more of a long term where we have to worry about that. Because, like, I feel like the first several years would be okay. But then again, also, you have to worry about anxiety. Because this is very, this is, that's something that everybody can deal with. That everybody has. I mean, everybody gets some, tor- some sort of anxiety attack or something. And you have four people <laughs> going, bro. And, then like, that, you know, that build up, bro. That's a big, yeah. that's a big drop. You know, like, when you, when you get there, you're like, yo, we're really here. You could freak out, you know, panic. I mean, hopefully these people are trained that good. Yeah, you know, I'm but sure like, I mean, oh. who's to say that when when that happens, that training just goes to the back of your head. You don't even think about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, hold on, I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, these people could be like superhumans if you think about it. Like, because there's Ooh. a lot of there's a lot of wonderful like extraordinary people in the world that you know you never know you wouldn't expect them to even be like normal people right you know? so you these think, people could be superhumans do you, what, what do you think of uh like uh, an athlete went like lebron <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine yeah i don't, I don't know i couldn't see lebron star. i couldn't see lebron i could see like who could i see i don't know matthew mcconaughey he's <laughs> <laughs> all right all right all right we on mars all right oh man that's I, Thinking about anybody can go. Crazy. Obviously, that's what they're saying. Anybody can go. Well, to well, meet after they meet those, yeah, you know yeah. those requirements. But like, I mean, you know, who knows, man? Like, there's really no telling about the future because like, ten years can pass, and then some crazy groundbreaking stuff happens, and then it can completely changes life in general. True. And like, you know, people. What if like, what if some like Mars is a success? People are moving in there like crazy. Yeah, uh, and like in a short period of time. And then before we know it, like, they're able to listen to us on Mars. Like, you know, there's a possibility. Like, there's yeah. within, there's a will, there's a way. When, well, another question I have, is, and it might say this on the site, is these, uh, these ships that are going, do they stay there? Or are those ships returning back empty? Um, and how are they getting there? Who's flying the ships? Oof, that's a lot of questions, bro. I don't you know. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, these are things that people got, we got to think about. Also, because... I mean, I'm sure they thought about it. I would say that the ships don't come back, obviously. 
because they can't yeah. they can't come back. So I, I would say that it's like a one way thing. Like because you got to think about like fuel. Like there's no there's no pit stops. There's no gas stations. Mm-hmm. Like it's like they're in like that's it. You know. So I, I would I would think that as of right now, everything that goes just stays there. Nothing comes back. And this is just my opinion, but I would feel like later on, as it starts getting crazier, they they can build their own space stations there, and then they can make their own rockets there where they can come back. Well, they already have the rockets there. That's what I'm saying. Like they'll have these ships that are going to be landing. Oh yeah, they'll have and the then ships. They're there. just going to have a pile of ships. I'm sure they. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I'm, you know? I don't know. If, like, I think they use the ships as like, I don't know, to, to, to like part to live in. I wish, or something? I wish we could, like there is a movie. It's called Mars. We should watch it. And then it'll give us an idea, I guess. I mean, it's not going to yeah. be as accurate, but like... I, I feel like all these ideas that these people are getting from this this uh, project have mm-hmm. been based off of movies. Maybe. Big question <laughs> that everyone's probably going to be asking. Will this happen? I don't know. I feel like it won't. I feel like it will. I feel, I feel like, like it won't happen, dude. I feel like it will, but I just don't know when. Like, it could happen soon. It could happen when I'm like 80. You never know. True. But I think it is going to happen. In my lifetime, I don't think it will. But you know what's crazy, though, man? I hope I'm wrong. Because I really would like to see what it is like out there. I don't want to personally go, but I would like to see some news feed or, <laughs> you know, some type of live feed from Mars. From, well, you know, a family member or a friend. I mean, I, I would like to see it. I, would, I, I, would, I wouldn't I would want to um, cherish that moment, you know, just to see just to see it happen in our lifetime. But, like, you know, if looking at it, like, in the future... Um, how crazy would it be, like, just thinking about the past, though? Like, yeah. like you know, I was telling you, but, like, I was looking at old pictures and stuff today. Um, it just made me think, like, I was looking at pictures from, like, five years ago. And it's not even that long ago, but it just made me, like, it made me think about, like, wow, like, how, like, how life really changes. And, Over like, time. And like, just a short amount of time. Just a short amount of time, like, and, like, you know, it, it's just crazy to me, man. And then, so now I'm thinking about the future, like, 60 years from now, like, like, where are we going to be at? Like, what if we're gone? Like, what if all three of us from the broadcast is not here anymore? Like, we're just, we're dead. We're gone. We're dead. Bye-bye. But the podcast still lives on. You know what I mean? Like, it can. It can. Like, it just, people it's just up listen to us. To we, need to, uh, we need to find some people to keep it going. Well, we do have people. <laughs> you know? It's oh, just, yeah. Let's just hope these people keep it going. Or, True. like, you know, we're newer people. But, like, isn't that crazy? Like, we could be dead. Let's not, let's not hope say we die but like we could be dead but our voices will still keep going yeah that's crazy but that's, you know a, that's a memo k shit bro it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it's a okay shit no um, no for real though it really yeah, is yeah it really is you know i went back to the, the site and it says how does the the mars base communicate with earth mm-hmm. did you read it no i'm i seen it but i didn't click on it this is all communications between mars and earth goes through satellites because of the distance, there is a substantially de- delay. So you already twenty minutes. Twenty yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, as communication signals travel at the speed of light, this means that it can take between three and twenty-two minutes for the information to reach the other end. So a phone call would not be practical. Oh, okay. So that's going to be you know FaceTime phone call out nope. of the question. Out of the it ain't question. gonna work. Uh-uh. So um, definitely you're not going to be able to send postcards. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Oh. <laughs> uh, Fortunately, there would be no limitations to email, texting, or WhatsApping. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> With the cool. Mars residents, it'll just take at least six minutes for you to get your reply. Both voicemail and video messages are also easily uh, workable options. That's impressive. 
That's impressive. Okay, so there's no live feed though. That's the thing. It's just gonna be, you know, uh, I can send you a text or a video. Yeah, that's still the impressive though. Yeah, the astronauts can use internet, but can only surf real time on a number of websites that are downloaded from Earth. So Pornhub is out of the question. From <laughs> 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 uh, downloaded from Earth uh, website web servers. Every astronaut will have access to this uh, to his favorite websites. <laughs> uh, that way, visiting other websites will, you know, be a bit more impractical because of the delay. You know, that's a good question. I'm thinking about like astronauts using the internet. Like, I wonder what do they if, search. Like, like, what? Well, not only that, but like, like, would they even like use social media? Like, well, yeah, probably to keep in touch. So, like, that's that's basically what's saying. Like, what's up? It says what well, here. Uh, text, email, texting, and what's up was is what they would probably be using. So, or, so you're saying know, like, stuff like that? Like, they're constantly put like uploading pictures on Instagram. Yeah, Twitter. Just, you know, Snapchat. Chilling on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> the settlement. The settlement will be broadcasting images of daily life back to Earth, so that everyone can see what the astronauts are up to. The end. That's crazy. That is crazy. crazy. Man. But you know what, man? I don't know. I would get depressed, to be honest with you, because it's like I would be I would be stuck on Mars for the rest of my life. And I would be seeing everyone else over here, you know, having the time of their life, watching the ball drop in New York City or something, you know. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean I, all these everybody, things miss. would be missing out. You yeah. know, uh what's that what's that fear of missing out? It's the fear of missing out, yeah. FOMO. FOMO. You'll be experiencing a lot of that. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But like I guess it's, that just shows that we're not capable of going to Mars. Like, we're not suitable. Like, even yeah, if we wanted you, to go, we, there's no way that, like, they would accept true. us. Because there'd be, I mean, just, they're, all they got to do is just tune into episode 47. <laughs> <laughs> For <laughs> real. <laughs> Damn, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, but it's, you know, kudos to the people that are going to go. For I, real, you know, man. For real, like, you know, That's, those, they're going to be legends. They really are going to be legends. You'll be, you'll, my kids will be reading you, reading about you in textbooks. Yeah. That's so crazy. crazy. That's so so crazy. But yeah, that pretty much, that's it for today's episode. Um, I didn't think it was going to be this long, but I hope you guys... (laughs) Where are you? (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed uh, uh, today's episode. I mean, I know know this one's more educational, I would say, but you know... You know, it's always good to, like, learn something. And I don't think anybody really, like, any of our friends have really looked into it. Uh, Maybe they know a little bit more than us, but I don't think... I think the majority of people don't really know what's going on in mars or or what's happening like i think they just know that they were going to mars but that's about it you know just yeah. as much as i did until today today Same. I, I, I really didn't know we were going yeah i mean i always heard that one day we'll probably go to mars but i didn't ever see what they I say mars 2020 the, is that what they said or was that 20? what it was i don't know i thought it was maybe didn't, it was just, didn't you sign up for something no, no. Oh, uh, my name they're sent uh I, I signed for my name to be uh shipped to mars so like uh-huh. my name's gonna be in mars so, so you know, you you might think it's dumb, and it kind of is, sort of. Like, but it, but think about it, man. In the future, all right, twenty sixty, all right, whatever. When these four know. people go, okay, yeah, and then they start making kids and all this, and like, there's a whole life out there. They see my name out there. My name could be an influence to other people's newborn babies, and then they'll be like, you know, I like that name, and then they, my name could just keep going on by like people naming their kids. Yeah. You know? You know, I think we should send the broadcast out there. Yeah, we, we should. We should. <laughs> we should. We should. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> right. the broadcast episode 47. We're encrypted on the there. EP 47. <laughs> That's cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for tuning in again. And, ho- okay, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll see you in the next one. Okay. Bye. Love you.